The Writer's Room, a 7th Sea podcast, is endorsed by Chaosium, Inc. For more information, visit www.chaosiuminc forward slash 7th Sea. Hello, friend. Come on in. Officer V has the pillows nice and fluffed, giving me a good salute there. Officer Covington, are all of the stuffies in order? Uh, it's close enough. That's technically a squid, not an octopus. It's fine. Officer Keith informs me that Gregory is ready to take your tea orders. And Officer Nightingale has taken up the watch in the comfiest poof in the place. Now, before we get started, I of course have a few announcements. As you all know, it is a new year, which means new conventions. And while not new, since this will be the second time Chaosium Con has happened, I do urge you to get those tickets soon. The dates are April 13th through the 16th. That's right, if you can count like I can't, that is four days of wonderful chaos. Unfortunately, the writer's room will not be making an appearance to Chaosium Con this year. But that doesn't mean we won't be there in spirit. That being said, we will be trying to make an attempt for Gen Con this year, which is August 3rd through the 6th. Again, another four days of amazing gaming. Stay tuned for announcements when we will be attending these wonderful conventions. That being said, our Kofi page is also going to be updating very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Our wonderful sponsors are Crafty Gamer and Ten Quills Dice. We thank you for all that you do for us. And we also thank all of you, our lovely listeners, for sticking with us this far. Because I have a wonderful announcement. There are only four more articles left before the season finale. And boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. But first, let's finish up the mess in Aragosta, shall we? <clears throat> Article 35 for queens and camaraderie. The camera dissolves from black. And this time, instead of an amber lens, we are in a Merlot lens. As we zoom out more, we realize that we were in a goblet, and that goblet is lifted by a very elegant, slightly pale hand, and brought to a pair of rosé lips. And as we zoom out more, we realize that Queen Elaine of Avalon is taking a drink of wine. Elaine is a woman in her early 40s with just the faintest hint of crow's feet at the edge of her eyes and hints of smile lines at the edge of her mouth. Her eyes are a deep and strange blue that constantly shifts between cobalt and aquamarine. Her hair which is close-cropped to her head and a deep, dark red, bounces with the curls that have formed because of the humidity in Aragosta as she leans back in her chair, holding the goblet close to her chest. She is dressed in simple clothing, and by simple, it is the most expensive thing in the entire bucket of blood. She's wearing a waistcoat that is half blue and half white, and the trim is the opposite color. So on the blue side, it's white. On the white side, it's blue. 
The buttons are made of solid gold, and the insignia on them is the grail. Beneath the waistcoat is a modest blouse. Now, Wayland, when you've sat in front of the queen before, it's always been in front of the sovereign, a severe woman with a crown heavy on her head, dressed in the finest silks money can buy, and adorned with elaborate embroidery. She always wears gloves and is always seated on a throne that makes her look much smaller than she is. But here, she sits in front of you like anyone else, drinks her wine, and regards you with feigned interest. And as the camera turns to view who's seated next to her, we find Queen Bonaventura. She's looking a little disheveled since the last time you saw her. Her hair, which is usually kept back, is a little pulled in places. Strands of it hang loosely around her face. She is sporting a black eye. It has just started to turn that mottled purple-yellow, and a cut on her lip, which is just scabbed over nicely, but has also left a bit of bruising. Queen Elaine looks prim and proper and ready for tea, while Queen Bonaventura looks like she's just gotten out of a fight. And both of them are looking across the table. As the camera turns 180 degrees, we find both Wayland and Jesse sitting across from them. Wayland is still wearing his coat, but he has fashioned buttons and like clasps onto the shoulders, and he's sewn sleeves together. And the sleeves have the little like button slips, so they are literally like tearaway sleeves. Wearing his best shirt and vest, you know, washed up and everything like that, and bows to both of them. My lieges. Captain Nakanta and I are here today to bring you some new information regarding the matters at hand. And pulls out both letters. The letter from Michelle Marisot to Bonaventura, and will hand the letter from the Earl King to Queen Elaine. Camera faces the other side of the table, where both queens take their respective letters, open them, and begin to read them. Both of them are surprised. Queen Bonaventura crumples her letter into a tight ball and chucks it over the balcony. She then takes out a flask and drinks heavily. Queen Elaine folds it neatly and tucks it away in a pocket on the inside of the waistcoat and takes a polite sip of the wine. The dichotomy between these two is incredible and I love it. As you can both clearly see, there were forces behind the scenes, working and scheming to manipulate the situations as they are, to pit you two against each other. This seems to have been a plan to destabilize not only the relations between Avalon and Aragosta, but the entire world. Both of them turn to each other and say in unison, So it would seem. These were both found on board the Sangduris, which is no more. This time, and I look to Jesse, we say that with the greatest of certainties. There's information in that letter that I handed to you, my liege, and turns to Elaine, that I believe Lord Shade of the Telwith Tay would be rightly informed of. Wayland, at your ear is a very familiar and unsettling voice that wasn't there a moment ago. Oh, I'm not uh-huh. there. 
turn to look at Jesse and see if I can catch anything out of the peripheral of my eye if Shade is actually standing behind me. And as sure as the ocean is blue, Shade is standing in their human form, just out of your peripheral view. Ah. Ah, Wayland, you've got uh, something on your shoulder. Hello, Shade. It's good to see you, Shade. It is very good to see you. The feeling is mutual. I forget, did we recover any other artifacts of note? I don't know, Jesse, did we bring the heart with us? Probably, like, in a box or a bag. I imagine we've gotten all the information out of it that we could. Oh, now wait a minute. You did this last time with the sword. You just assumed. Do you let Klaus and Elliot take a look at it, or do you bring it with you? They're going to look at it. We're letting Elliot and Klaus take a look at it. We need that information. So, no, we do not have it, and I am not going to mention it. I would hope you wouldn't mention it, because the Song Doris has been taken care of, right? The Song Doris has been taken care of. It's fine. Okay. Don't talk about it. It's done. I could have sworn that there was one more thing that was missing. There was the Banshee, the Compass, and the Lady of Air and Darkness. There it is. Good on you. I'm glad you're here, Shade. There is another matter that needs discussing. The Lady of Air and Darkness was being held captive aboard the Nightingale, the ship of Samuel Flint, which is currently docked in the harbor. It has been reclaimed from the ATC, and at this point, Wayland takes out the flag and lays it with a deep bow in front of Elaine. Shade nods and has that unsettling smile cross their face. Yes, I do believe my niece mentioned you. Thank you. Elaine puts her goblet down, takes the flag, and folds it neatly in a triangle, as standard flag folding is. Well, my shipmaster will be most pleased. Thank you. Ah, indeed. There is an individual uh, aboard the ship who, in the departure of the Lady of Erin Darkness, was turned to ice due to their actions, and Wayland slightly sinks back into their seat. And far be it from me to question the actions of your niece, Shade. It is a fate not undeserved. I believe it is a fate too harsh. Though I am of her kin, it will be difficult to convince my niece to rescind what is deserved. But if I am bound and determined, perhaps she will listen to reason. Waylon gives a very meaningful look to Shade. That is something that you and I can discuss. Later. There are more pressing matters to attend to. And Shade turns their head to look at Queen Bonaventura. That unnerving smile still there. I hesitate to ask. Waylon pointedly looks at the bruises and the clear indicators of a fight. What of Michelle Marisot? Queen Bonaventura's stare is like daggers that strike you in the chest. Why don't you take a wild fucking guess? Does she remain in your custody? Wait, did you lose her? It's not as if she's a set of fucking keys. She looks over at Shade. What was it you said? Shade, still smiling, says, Our agreement was to hold her until you were finished. And once you are done with the interrogation, I do believe the words out of your mouth were, I'm finished with you. And once I left, well, 
So did she. Uh, okay. Right. I'm not sure what agreement you had with Lord Shade over here, but as soon as I left, she opened a way, some people came in, roughed us up a bit, and then she left. But not before telling me that she had a special message for you, Jesse. She takes a long swig of the flask and slams it on the table. She'll make sure that Stroud hears every word you said, and to expect a reply back, whatever that means. Alright. Well, there was one other thing that might be useful in this situation that we took from the Sanctuaries before it was for all intents and purposes destroyed. That's the second time you brought that up. Are you sure it's gone this time, or am I going to see it on the fucking horizon line tomorrow morning? I assure you that the Sangdari sails no more. Is that the same assurance you had when you told me that you blew open the Red Ghost like a tin can? By my black flag, you have my word. Queen Bonaventura's eyebrows, which were serious and knit together in anger, release. And she looks at Jesse in earnest and nods. All right, then. What'd you nick from it? Wayland would have asked Cosette if he could have the vial of her mother's blood. Cosette gave it to you. I imagine she would. I just wanted to double check and just very clearly clarify that that was a question that was asked. Wayland pulls out the vial of Michelle Marisot's blood and hands it over to the queens. It appears that the captain of the Song Doris who now lies beneath the waves and looks to Jesse and gives his hand a squeeze, left hand. He squeezes back. It appears that Captain Larue de Chirous had a penchant for the collection of the sanguine fluids. I don't like the way you said that. I just want that to be, like, perfectly clear. That was a lot. She liked to collect blood. <laughs> the rest of the vials have been destroyed. Elaine, who was just watching with quiet interest, now has polite disgust on her face. <laughs> just the tiniest little quirk of her mouth and the knitting of her eyebrows together, just briefly. Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully, I am not quite a fan of that. Respectfully, that's atrocious. Now, Bonaventura, meanwhile, has taken out an old handkerchief, a ratty, tattered piece of cloth, and taken the vial up and is looking at it. And over her shoulder, Shade just appears and is peering down at it as well. Bonaventura looks at them, looks back at the vial. What do you reckon? You think that's enough to do anything with? And Shade grins, and it reaches all the way across their face. And there's a glint in their eyes. Something mischievous and gleeful. Oh, this will do nicely. Great. And she hands it over her shoulder to Shade. I don't know if you'll be needing aid when you're going through the ways, but if you do, take Marie and Sophie. And when you find her again, punch her teeth out for me. Though it is far beneath me to cause any physical violence... I do owe you a kindness for your hospitality, Queen Bonaventura. Will a molar do? Well, if it's all the same to you, a fang would do nicely. So mote it be. Shade turns to the both of you. If you'll excuse me. Yeah, we'll see you soon. And gives Shade like a warm smile. That you will. And Shade smiles back, but it's not that unnerving smile. 
It's a genuine one for you, Wayland. I will be their friend, goddammit! <laughs> Thank you for your help. And now we are even. And they bow to you, Jesse. Take care of yourself, Shade. You as well, Captain Nakansa. And in the blink of your eyes, they're gone. Oh, they are so creepy. But I love them. I like Shade. Queen Bonaventura shivers as though a chill wind has just crossed her spine. (laughs) How do you deal with that? You get used to it after a while. Yeah, it's still kind of new to me, but I've gotten used to it a bit more. I just lied. That's not true at all. (laughs) Please forgive me. Queen Bonaventura takes another swig of her flask and looks at it in confusion as she dumps it and nothing comes out. She sighs, puts it away. Now with all that out of the way, I do owe you both an apology. I came across a little aggressive, a little bit more so than usual. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, but understandably so. You were on the eve of war. Tensions were high for all of us. That they were, and seeing as things have come to light, I think those tensions have been relieved. Would you agree? She looks over at Queen Elaine. Queen Elaine looks over at Queen Bonaventura. I think the evidence stands for itself. You're no more to blame than I am. And Queen Elaine thrusts out her hand to shake. No need for accords this time. Just a friendly visit between nations. I... Queen Elaine looks at Queen Bonaventura's hand, and then back up at her, and over at the both of you, and then back at her. Of course. I was just here for tea. And shakes the hand. Yay! There is definitely a fist bump underneath the table. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> There's like a couple pats on the leg. Jesse looks over and looks down. And he just sees a fist. He's like, oh, yeah. Bunk. <sighs> and then just like, relax. Wayland perks up again and looks to Jesse and just whispers, Cassette. Yeah, what about her? Should we make sure that everything's good on that end? Ah, yes. My purser, Cosette Marisot. Queen Bonaventura perks up and leans on the table. Aye, about that one. I'd like to speak to her again, and not in private this time, but I'd like to propose a position for her. If in your will and of course, Captain. I beg your forgiveness. For what position? Let me be perfectly clear here. You and your crew have done for me what an entire brotherhood of pirates couldn't do in five years. You took down the Red Ghost, even though evidence proved otherwise. You went out and reclaimed yourself an ATC vessel to give it back to Avalon, where it belongs. And then you took out another ship, the Song Doris. One of the most feared vessels in the Crimson Fleet. And you want your purser to be free and clear ever then. Son, not only is your purser free and clear, I'd like her to be a part of the system that I got running here. And I'd like you to be a part of the Brotherhood. Because I gotta be completely honest with you, you've got to be the most reckless pirate I've ever dealt with. Well, you have dealt with us. (laughs) That I have. <laughs> you were fucking waiting oh, for that, weren't you? Indeed, indeed. Fuck. Oh my god, the look on your face, Evan. Oh, god, that was, <laughs> oh that is that a was full so seven layer cake, my guy. Uh, so good. Captain Akansa, I'd like to formally offer you a position in the Brotherhood. 
And subsequently, I'd like to offer your purser a position in the courier system. I would not be surprised if the decision was unanimous, but I would still like to confer with them first. Of course. Your crew. You can't go making decisions without them. And she goes to take a swig of the flask and remembers that it's empty and sighs heavily. Right. If we're done here, I need a drink and I need to fill out paperwork. My queen. I... I am thankful for what you do for this Republic. Queen Bonaventura blinks, and then blinks again, and a tinge of red comes across her cheeks. Uh, thanks. You'll have to forgive me, I don't often get thanked for my job. From one pirate to another, I'm very thankful to have my crew and to have my ship sail these seas. I couldn't even begin to fathom what sort of stress and work you have to go through. Just on a daily basis. Just to keep us afloat. You know, I'd just as easily make you king. I think Aragost is more suited for a queen. Ha! You can dispense with the flattery. I already owe you a favor. I see this as the beginning of a very wonderfully blossoming friendship. And I mean that genuinely. I do like seeing the both of you on my side of the gun rather than in front of it. Yeah. I, yeah, no, we can certainly share that. Your Highness, you free reign on my island... Just don't go declaring wars, all right? Queen Elaine laughs to herself. <laughs> War? On my holiday to Aragosta? I'm afraid that's not in my itinerary. Queen Bonaventura laughs to herself and then turns back to the both of you. Take what you can. And leave nothing behind? Till our bones make a face for the brine. And Queen Bonaventura raises a hand and walks out. Um, <clears throat> Captain. Aye, Raylan. If you wouldn't mind, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, I I would like to have a moment alone with Queen Elaine, if at all possible. Permission granted by me. That's up to Her Highness. Queen Elaine places the now empty goblet down. Of course. Captain, your ship is... La Rosa Blanca, the White Rose. Yes, I've heard many things about it and would quite like a visit. Oh. If that's all right with you. Uh, Aye, Your Highness, yes. Yes, that's fine. Yes. I will see you both shortly. Thank you. Waylon gives you a strained smile. He reaches his hand out for you to clasp his forearm. Be well, both of you. I'll see you soon. Good day. And he puts his hat back on that he had taken off when he stepped in the room and fast walks back to the rose to try and get it prepared for the fucking queen of Avalon. I hope we have the guest streamers. As you run down the stairs from the third floor down to the first, do you accidentally stumble into Charlotte? He's probably not looking and he, he probably topples into her a little bit oh, and then grabs like, oh, her and she's um, like, oh, I'm, well, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's oh, okay. it's all right. Charlotte. Hi. Hi. It's really nice to see you. It's nice to see you, too. Oh, and he pulls her in for a big hug. Ooh. Oh, hi. Hi. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's like, so oh, God, we're home. Too. Oh, my God, we made it back. Oh, fuck. I missed you. Oh, wait, I have something for you. You have... What? From behind Charlotte's back, she pulls out a small satchel. It's a burlap sack, mostly, and on the front of it is a crudely embroidered white rose (gasps) and she holds the satchel in both of her hands and holds it out to you 
the last time you were here, I baked cookies for Wayland, and I felt really bad that I couldn't give you any cookies too, so I'm I made you some, and I'm sorry they're so late. Oh. He drops to his knees and holds this thing like it's the fucking holy grail. Wow, that's incredibly kind and sweet of you, my dear. I know they're not as great as the queen or, or, or the grail or anything. But... Oh, this is more valuable than any cup. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome so much. I'm not going to share these at all. Don't. I made them really special for you. Oh, come here, you. <laughs> Gives her another big hug. <laughs> hey, you're getting big. I mean, I guess. Charles says I'm still pretty small for turning almost 15, but Adetokubo says I should be going through a growth spurt soon. Oh, uh, uh, has he had the talk with you yet? What talk? <clears throat> <laughs> uh, wow, I'm. Uh, She's our little sister, man. It's like, oh god, oh no, wait, fuck. Uh, yeah. Well, what's the talk? Oh, sh- is there something I'm supposed shit. to know? Is it important? Ask Adetokunbo. Okay, I'll ask Adetokunbo later. He's gonna hate you for that question. Jesse told me to ask you about the talk. Oh, I'm gonna kill that fucking boy, I swear to God. I don't care about any new curtains that he brings me. He's gonna be in the ground by tomorrow morning. I hope he liked those curtains, because I'm gonna bury him with him. Charlotte, I love you dearly. I have to run. The queen is coming to the rose. Oh, Bonaventure is gonna visit the rose? Elaine, Queen Elaine, not Bonaventure. Charlotte's eyes widen and brighten. Queen Aline is coming to the rose? Yes. So, I need you to be on your best behavior. Can you do that for me? Uh, Of course I can. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Pinky promise. I mean, sure, pinkies do promise, but we're pirates, so we swear on it, right? And she lifts up her hand, and instead of lifting her pinky, she lifts her middle finger. Oh, wow. And so you swear with Charlotte? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Come on, I'll race you there. Wait, I have to get my stuff. I'm already going. Jesse, that's not fair. We watch Charlotte snag her stuff off a nearby table and chase after Jesse down the street. Now, the camera is following behind Charlotte, and Jesse does have a good lead, but Charlotte takes slight detours. She's running along the side of the street where the carts are. She's jumping barrels. She's running along the wall for a little bit. She even makes it up top one of the awnings and bounces across it. What? You need to spend raises for that. Ah, fuck it. No, I don't. I'm cute. Well, Jesse, she's definitely our kid. That's for sure. He pulls his hat off and runs his hand through his hair as there's a gust of wind. And as she runs past you, Jesse, she's shouting, I'm faster than the wind. No, you're not. And he puts his hat back on and begins to start running with the wind at his back. And as we pass by one of those standing carts, the camera flashes and we are now again on the third floor balcony at the Bucket of Blood as Wayland and Queen Elaine walk towards the railing. Oh, boy. We are walking perhaps around the third floor and in places where there are not going to be any prying eyes or listening ears. 
as you are walking, there's a strange occurrence happening. Your eagle eyes pick up pretty much everything, and so you notice almost immediately that the very edge of your sight is blurred, as though you are looking through glasses and then looking out the edge of the glasses where the lens doesn't cover, almost as if you can't be perceived in this moment. Right. Very good, Elaine. Very good. You and Elaine stop at the railing and overlook the first and second floor of Bucket of Blood from your vantage point on the third. You wanted to talk? Aye. It's very good to see you again, Melish. Again? And she looks over at you. I do beg your pardon, but have we met before? <laughs> I believe I mentioned... Oh, no, it wasn't to you. Melish, I, I, um... Oh. Apologies, this is, uh... This is a bit difficult for me. Well, if it makes it easier for you, take all the time you need. I... I am afraid. Dear boy, what are you afraid of? My wrath as a sovereign? I may wear a crown in Avalon, but here, it's just a gold adornment. I don't have much power outside of this balcony. No, your... your disappointment. Above all other things. Waylon's eyes start to well up a little bit. Melish, we have met before on many occasions. I... Um, and though I have not seen you in quite a while, years at this point, you above all others deserve honesty from me. My name is Wayland Greywall. My name was Samuel Flint. And I... I want you to know that I, though I have found family amongst our crew and friends, I have never stopped serving you. And I, I have made so many mistakes, but everything that I did, no, I, honesty. And he has a very pained look on his face. There were actions that I took out of selfish pride, but not once has my intention ever been to act against Avalon and my loyalties to our country, to the reclamation, to you, have never wavered. I have my missions that I must undertake with my crew, and I, to the best of my abilities, remain your eyes in the world. Queen Elaine looks at you and smiles shakes her head lightly. My dear boy, I know. And I'm so sorry for everything that I'm... What? Uh, what? H how? An old sea dog told me. My father. I. Babes above, did I just say I? <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> I didn't mean to be so crass. Have you spoken to him recently? I have not heard from him in quite some months. However, that is not uncommon. I have not spoken with my father in some time. I do my best to get word to him. I'll have to check on him. See that you do, and give him my regards. And for the record, there's no need to apologize to me. You have upheld your oath. To the best of your ability, 
And while it did mean that you had to change identities, as far as I'm concerned, you've gone above and beyond the call of duty. My queen, I... I hurt so many people. We often do. Waylon, your eagle eyes pick this up when no one else would be able to. There is a deep sadness and regret that crosses those aquamarine eyes of hers as she looks at you. It is unfortunately an intrinsic nature to the duty that we are bound to. We can only hope that in the end, all will be forgiven. Hey, that we do. You have no idea what your understanding means. And I apologize if this is in any way inappropriate, but I have missed you and our country. And just as quickly as it appeared, that deep-rooted sadness and regret is gone, and there's a bit of mirth there instead. It's funny that you say that. Oh? There's something I need to ask of you, although... I don't dare to do so without your captain. Is everything okay? Is Oh, is everything's all right. There's no need to get so worked up. <sighs> and she leans in a bit conspiratorially to you. I did entrust the kingdoms to the O'Bannon. Do you really think he would leave it such a mess for me? Waylon's eyes go wide. I... That, that, uh, that's a fair point. If your lady love asked you to watch over a kingdom, you'd make sure it's in perfect shape for when she returned. Wayland's bright red. <sighs> and besides, the rumors that are circulating are based on a small point of truth. Believe it or not, the O'Bannon is a gentleman among gentlemen, even if he is a bit of a drunk. That I wholeheartedly believe. <laughs> Elaine puts a hand on your shoulder. And gives you a firm grip and pats you a few times. You are doing a good job. You've done a good job. <sighs> Regardless of your new name, you are a Knight of Avalon. That I am. And I know you have a plan to make amends. And that I do. Then I have no reason to doubt you. And I have every trust and confidence that you will see this through. You know, there was a thought running through my head that I was going to be hanged for treason. <laughs> the thought did cross my mind as well. But that would be an awful waste. And good nights are so hard to come by these days. Okay. Now come along. We shouldn't keep your captain waiting. And this time says it with a full smile and full of pride and relief. Yes, my queen. Oh, and... One more thing. Outside of this balcony, you may call me Elaine. Okay. There is only one queen on this island, and I do not envy her crown. Fair enough. Hold down an arm. Ah, it seems chivalry did not die with you. Oh, that's one thing I haven't lost. And the camera follows them, and we transition past one of those beam posts to head on over to the Rose. Jesse, paint me a picture. What's going on over there? He's barking orders at everyone to, like, try and get everything cleaned up and organized and... Clean the ship and swap the deck and, like... Everybody is running around and people are running up to him. Capitano, what do you think about this? Uh, hmm? oh, God, Roz, that's so... Brilliant? Beautiful? It's bright. It's yellow. Why is it so bright? Because it's the colors of Castile. It's fine. Jesse's got sensory issues, man. <laughs> 
I imagine Elliot had like sprawled out his his like notes and papers and is like sk- like running Scoop across like papers like loosely flying behind trying to catch them. Oh my god, my notes are a mess. They're not ready to be seen by the queen. <laughs> There's a scene of everybody lined up in a row, standing at perfect attention, or as good as attention as they can be standing, and Hawthorne is walking around the deck of the ship, white gloves on, inspecting every nook and cranny. They even have a spyglass, specifically to look at the details of the ship. They're looking at everything. And finally, they stand in front of the line, glare... And then take off the white gloves. See, crew? That wasn't that difficult. Now, if we could keep the ship this clean and spotless every day, you know, that would make me the happiest person alive. Can you do that for me? Hmm? Hmm? Everybody nods enthusiastically and Roz gulps audibly. Good. Mama Coco comes out from below deck, clapping her hands. All right, everybody, get to it. I can hear Waylon stomping his way over here. And as sure as Mama Coco's locks are long, Waylon arrives arm in arm with Queen Elaine. Waylon seems much happier than he was when you left him. All right, Jesse, tell us what Queen Elaine sees. Jesse has an extra bunch of those flags that are in his quarters. And I think he's like jerry-rigged them all just hanging down between the center masts. He has like a table set up that has some bread and some whiskey and a couple of muffins or something. Please tell me it's whiskey in a teacup. There's a tea set. (laughs) (laughs) And then everything's just really clean and organized. And everyone looks like they're dressed up. This is their formal attire as best they can. Look at Jory has like a bow tie. Yep, Jory's got a bow tie, but it's not tied very well because he doesn't really know how to tie it. Agnes is, of course, wearing her coat. But really, all of that seems drowned out by Roz's personal attire because he is wearing a full-on matador's bolero that is as bright as the light of day. So it is the light of day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. I imagine there are all different color streamers, like, representing all of the different nations or favorite colors of the crew. Yeah, there are, there are little flags that represent among the, like, general flags. Boots places down a pot and, like, a ladle and, like, a bowl, and it's just, like, very excitedly waiting. Welcome aboard, your highness. I'm glad to be aboard. Hello, everyone. Leans over to Elaine. He's got sensory issues. No, I don't, I, I don't have sensory issues, Wayland. Fuck off. No. Raz has a bad sense of style. You must be blind because just look at me. I have the best sense of style. I can't. It's got sparkles and rhinestones. The sunlight is like gleaming off the jacket. Raz, you look absolutely radiant, but, like, a little bit too radiant. We need a dimmer for you. Elaine walks over to the table where you have tea set up. It's like a shitty stool, so it's got the four legs, but it's missing, like, one of the bars. (laughs) Elaine folds her waistcoat beneath her and moves to sit, and when she puts weight on it, it creaks very loudly. (laughs) Elaine's there to catch her, but the, the stool, like, catches and it's fine, and it settles, like, at a bit of an angle. Huh. <laughs> Elaine 
takes the teapot, lifts it, opens the top. Filled to the brim with whiskey. This is not the first time I've had whiskey in a teapot. She puts the lid back on and pours herself a small glass. In... This is everything I wanted and more. The alternate universe. She pours herself a cup of whiskey in the teacup, places the teacup aside, and just fucking chugs the teapot. Well, you don't have to stand on my account, she says, gesturing to the both of you. Oh, we only got one stool, so we just kind of go over and lean on the table. We only have one working stool. The rest are bolted down in the mess hall. I see. Then I suppose I should eat a bit first? Boots, with a bit of flair, takes the cloth that is covering the pot, sweeps it off, and tucks it in his apron. Smockly malted. Jesse, what's in the pot? It's a stew. Okay. It's a Captain Kip special. Oh. With the good flakes. Hell yeah. We are not going to tell her what those flakes are. (laughs) You better not. You can't get them anywhere else. Hmm. Anyway... Queen Elaine looks down at the stew. There's a look on her face that says she wants to be disgusted at it, but the more that she looks at it, the more that she finds it intriguing, because as Boots is ladling it into the wooden bowl, it shimmers a bit, like the scales of a fish. Boots hands the bowl over to the queen, complete with a wooden spoon, and nods his head enthusiastically, looking at the stew and looking at Queen Elaine and looking at the stew again. Big smile on his face. Queen Elaine takes it. Thank you. Down the hatch, I suppose. And tentatively takes a spoonful. Everybody is eagerly, like, holding their breath. (laughs) And she touches it to her mouth, and all of a sudden her eyes go wide, and her eyebrows rise. We watch her freeze for a moment, swallow the stew, look down at the bowl, look up at Boots. Sir, this is... this is delicious. There's another... yes. Just, just a slightly, like... And then another fist bump over to Wayland. Fist bump. And then continuing that fist bump over to Boots. Very low fist bump. Like, yes, let's go. Boots does fist bump you back, but it's more of a fist shove. <laughs> He's not quite sure how to be calm and cool in this moment. But he is smiling wide. I'm glad you like it. What is in this? Uh, there's love. There's a lot of love. I can taste it. Sir, this is... By far the best stew I've ever eaten. And my father makes a damn good stew. Does this mean we get to put a stamp on this <laughs> stew? Saying that the royal family is eating it? Yeah. Is it the seal of approval from the queen? <laughs> yeah, it does. Good joke. That's amazing. Check that off the seasonal story step. What happens when we retire? Boots opens up a restaurant. Queen Elaine approved oh and God. recommended. Yes, absolutely. Queen Elaine empties the bowl, is very close to taking her finger and cleaning it, and hands it back to Boots. I would say give my compliments to the chef, but I have the great honor of you being the chef. My compliments to you, sir. Thank you for this wonderful meal. Truly, what is in this stew that makes it so different from any other that I've had back home? Secret recipe. Only the rose knows. All right, then. Keep your secrets. But I'll have you know I would pay my weight in gold for that recipe. <laughs> Boots beams. His smile couldn't possibly get any wider. Oh, adorable. Good. I hope you like dessert then. Get dessert today. Peach cobbler. I'll see if we have any more peaches left. 
Who's been eating my peaches? Jory hides the peach behind his back. <laughs> he nods to him. Jory was in fact standing there idly munching on a peach when his eyes finally make contact with you, Jesse. And he takes another bite of the peach and then does a double take, looks at the peach, hides it behind his back. Jesse looks over at Jory and mouths to him. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> Everyone in the ship can hear Jory's audible gulp. I love this. I love this so much. Jesse, as you're looking over at Jory, who is trying to scurry his way downstairs as quickly as possible, you catch a glimpse of Charlotte. Yeah. Ah, uh, your highness, we have another special guest on board that has something for you. Another member of your crew. Member of the family, but not the crew. Poor little Charlotte is very nervous, and we can tell that because she's wringing her hands constantly. On her shoulders are the hands of Charles, who is gently rubbing them to ease her nerves. He leans down and whispers to her, and we can't hear what he says. But when he looks back up, he glares at Jesse. Jesse takes a step back and just gives her a soft smile. It's all right, love. And then looks over at Wayland and his stare softens. All right, little Lolly, go on. And he encourages her with a little nudge, patting her on the shoulder twice. Charlotte walks over, sticking close to Wayland, but eventually makes her way to Queen Elaine. Um, Miss Lady Queen Elaine? Elaine is fine, dear. Uh, Elaine, um, I noticed that you were really on edge the other day, and... So isn't Queen Bonaventura, but she's always on edge. I, I've never really seen you that upset before. I, in your pictures, you're always smiling and happy, and so I made you cookies so that you could be smiling and happy again, because Charles says that cookies make everything better all the time. So, um, here. And out from behind Charlotte's back, she produces a pouch that is half-stitched in white sailcloth and half in blue. Elaine opens it and pulls out one of the cookies, and it is a tiny sugar crown that is almost nearly exactly the crown that's depicted in the symbols. Oh, incredible. Charlotte, you've outdone yourself. I hope you like them. Elaine smiles, immediately eats one, shivers with delight, and leans down to Charlotte. Wow, this shit... Absolutely slaps, my dear. Darling, these cookies are absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Respectfully, of course. Yeah. Queen Elaine leans down to Charlotte and says, Can I tell you a secret? Charlotte bounces up and down and nods her head enthusiastically and leans in. I have a voracious sweet tooth. Cookies are my downfall. But don't tell anyone. Waylon cocks an eyebrow real quick and then just kind of shakes it off. Elaine munches on another cookie, and then a third. And as she's putting the bag away on her belt, a fourth. And she cleans her mouth of the crumbs and looks down at Charlotte. Delightful. I only wish I had more restraint, because I don't think these will make it to the ship. I think I might just eat them all now. And Charlotte giggles. Her embarrassment actually has her hide behind Charles. Yeah, I love Queen Elaine so goddamn much. <laughs> and finally, she turns to the both of you after finishing off her teacup of whiskey and sneaks another cookie. This has been the most pleasure I've ever had on a pirate ship. The pleasure is entirely ours, your highness. Indeed. Now, where is the best place to discuss business with you? To the galley? 
points at you. Your quarters. What did you say? Your quarters. Oh, um, did I clean it? Um, heh, ha, ha, mm. One minute. Runs over to his quarters. You <laughs> 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 like construction noise? Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's like dust that like poofs out from under the door. <laughs> Jesse opens it, is like a little bit bedraggled. His like eyebrows on fire. Oh, sh- sh- nothing has changed. It's just clean. <laughs> <laughs> he put the water slide away. The slip and slide. <laughs> You're all set to come in. And the three of you walk into the quarters as the camera stays a little bit before the threshold and we watch the door close on it. Now, I will say that what happens next is something that I didn't initially plan. However, it just so happened to work out this way. When we recorded this... It was a few months before we were headed to Chaosium Con the first time. And if your memory serves you well, I ran the Sword of Kings adventure as a Writer's Room Presents live show. In that captain's quarters right now, Queen Elaine is proposing to Jesse and Wayland that exact adventure. But before we get to that, friends, I do have something else for you. The camera dissolves from black to show us a familiar captain's quarters, one in red. We see Reese at a desk, surrounded by six people, all dressed in regalia from their home nation. In the center of the room is a bowl on a plinth. That bowl is filled to the brim with blood, and crumpled in the center of it is the Song de Reese's charter. Reese, not looking up from what she is writing, hands out a piece of paper to one of the captains, who takes it without question, dips it in the bowl, shakes it out, and then signs their name with a finger that is already bleeding. The screen for us splits in half down the center, and we see the bucket of blood on the other side, specifically facing the wall of charters. The camera is slow zooming on the Crimson Charters, which are actively bleeding on the wall now. When the last one is handed out, and the last signature is signed, the bowl of blood and the wall of charters ignite. Our view focuses on the bucket as the whole scene fills the screen, but instead of a controlled flame that is only localized to the charters, these flames not only devour all of the Crimson Charters at once, but set the rest of the bucket on fire. The other charters are untouched, but Idetokumbo is not taking any chances and evacuates the bucket immediately. The screen minimizes again, and now we are back in Reese's captain's quarters, where the song to Reese's charter has dissolved into the blood in the bowl. She looks up at all of her captains. You have work to do. Dismissed. And without question, they leave. And we catch a quick glimpse of a few addendums that have been made before the camera cuts to black. 
I hope this answers your burning question about whether or not Reese noticed the changing of the guard over the song to Reese. She's not happy. But we'll just have to find out how the boys deal with that next time. Until then, remember to always keep your sovereigns happy and be safe and well. <laughs>